All right. Uh, welcome to another edition of the People Progressing Podcast. And uh, Kristen Dukakis Martinez joins the People Progressing family today, and I'm really excited about it. Um, she's a graduate of Thunder Ridge High School, uh, went to University of Tennessee, uh, played soccer there, and we'll, we'll let her explain that. But I'm really excited. Uh, she's started her own business here now and, and so forth. So we're going to kind of get into that today. So Kristen, thanks for coming on. And why don't you just introduce yourself, tell us where you grew up and, and some of the things you like to do as a kid and so forth. All right. Okay. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is super fun and exciting to connect back with um, high school, high it really school days. Is. Um, <laughs> um, but I was born and raised here in Colorado. Um, I grew up in Highlands Ranch and um, I, like, I loved my childhood. I remember literally just walking outside and being outside and riding my bike all day every day like that's all we did and it and it kills me now knowing that like my little kiddos they don't get that opportunity it's like they go to the park and I'm like am I gonna get called CPS on like or see whatever it's called um um so I I just remember like going down to the little creek that was by my house and um we would fish her crawdads and throw rocks and walk in the rock water all day like all day. I don't think I, my parents had any clue where I ever was. And um, if I wasn't doing that, I was playing some sort of sport. So um, my mom was like super huge into introducing us to every single thing. And so um, we did ice skating, we did um, even instruments. Like she made me play the piano and she made me play the clarinet. And I actually played in high school, <laughs> um, which was really fun. So, um, I didn't practice ever. So I think I was like always like last chair, but whatever. Um, and so then I, my passion was always soccer, obviously. Um, I did swim team. I grew up playing swim team or playing swim team, swimming in the swim team. Um, funny story. I uh, did, I was, um, I was a breaststroker and we went to state or whatever. I don't know, maybe 10, 11. And my dad's like, Hey, if you win, if you win state, I'll get you a cat like no chance he thought that I was ever going to win. And um, like by a fingernail, I think I pulled it out and I got a cat. Her name was Fluffy. And um, so I don't think they let me, I don't think he ever gave me that offer anymore. No more living animals <laughs> um, to win something. So um, yeah, that was pretty much my, my life growing up. And then I just really, oh, sorry. Um, and then I just went to, and then I just, of a soccer I started when I was four and um that was my passion I literally lived and breathed it like that's all I ever wanted to do and, and so you, you guys um, had some great teams at Thunder Ridge didn't you yeah yeah so my freshman year when we um when I started there I actually was they didn't they didn't know like anything obviously about me and so our team had just won state the year before and so they really had like no room on that dang team and so Kristen my you know Kemp um, she, she and I were the two freshmen on that, on that team. And so we won state that year, which was amazing. It was so much fun. Um, and then the, our junior year, we won state. So our sophomore year, we should have won. And then our senior year, we had a lot of injuries. So we kind of lagged there, but, um, yeah, that was like this, uh, yeah, high school was, high school was fun. And then the, you had to 
you had to make a, a big decision after that um, on where you were going to go to college. How hard was that decision to make? And what, what kind of went into the process of making that decision? Um, so it was a lot of our club. We went to showcases and um, I was fortunate enough. We have a regional team that I was, that I made. And then I was able to travel with them, which exposes you a lot. And so um I remember just getting, getting letters and like, I had no idea, you know, you're so young and you're like, what the heck do I do? And so I know my dad and my mom were like super supportive with me. They were just, you know, they, they helped me to understand like, you know, this is a huge decision, but it's up to you. Ultimately, like whatever goes to you, you are going to thrive there and um, you'll kind of just know. And so when I went on my visits that I went to um, Nebraska, I you um Vanderbilt and then Tennessee Tennessee I was I was like done like the stadium the environment just like the like everything about it I was like I just like the people everything so it was it I was gonna go to Pepperdine and take a visit there and then I was like no I'm good I just want I know I want to go to Tennessee so um yeah that decision was it was hard I remember having like conversations with coaches and I don't, and I, I'm a kind of a people pleaser. So I didn't want to like let them down. And that, like those conversations, that was actually probably the hardest part is telling some of those coaches, like I chose, you know, I'm, I'm going to Tennessee. So, and but, no, so when you did that, how much, I know when you were growing up, because I know your parents and how supportive they were, what, what were some of the things that you got from your parents growing up and, that you still kind of use today. I know they were very supportive and in, in everything else, but what were some of those things that really propelled you into what you were doing? Um, I would say my work ethic. My dad is real extreme. Like he, he, it wouldn't matter how many goals I scored or um, if we won, it was, he would be super upset with me if he knew that I wasn't giving it my best. Like, it, it literally, I remember games that I've scored three goals and I'm like, what, why are you mad? And he's like, you didn't try. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we won. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't try. And so I know that feeling from my son, my oldest, he's, um, he plays all of the sports and he's kind of just, he's, he's nine. So my other ones are still kind of little, but he, um, he kind of has the same, he does, he, sometimes I know that he can just do more. And so I just get super frustrated and I'm like, I don't, now I know what he was talking about. I'm like, there's always that, that little thing that like, you know, he, he would literally just sit there and he'd shake his head and I'd look over and I'm like, oh great. He's going to be mad at me after this game. I better start working harder. And that's, he would literally just scream like work harder, Kristen, like all the time. Like all of my friends, that's all they knew him for. They still are like, Hey, how's work harder? Like, <laughs> like he just, he just, but it pushed me to want to be more and do more. And um, my mom was super supportive because she was like that comforter, <laughs> you know, when my dad was really upset with me, um, she would always just be there for me. And she was actually a pretty good athlete herself. She was a, um, she, she was really good at hurdles and stuff. And so she went to nationals and stuff like that. So, um, but she doesn't have that like super, she's competitive, but like in a different type of way. And so she was, I guess she's a woman, I don't know. And so she just was more like comforting to me that gave me like the, ability to know, like, at least I go home and I have somebody who still loves me. <laughs> um, but it, at the end of the day, like, I know my dad was just 
doing his best to get me to become the best version of myself, which he did. So sometimes I thought it was a little crazy, a little over the top, but it worked. And it's it's really interesting now that too, that you're, you're kind of feeling the same things or see the same things, you know, when your kids are playing sports and so forth. And, you know, as a parent, all we want to do is make sure our kids are, are improving again, progressing on a daily basis and giving everything they have to everything they do. And, and, and that's what your dad instilled in you. And I, and you still use that today. And I think that's awesome. Um, let's go back into Tennessee. How hard was it to leave home? How hard was it to go that far away and, and go to a place that you didn't really know anybody probably? It was, I would say that first year was, was tough. Um, I remember calling like preseason, our preseasons were extreme. Our coach, she, um, was a, she played with like Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, all of those girls. So she, she won four national championships herself in college. Um, she was extreme <laughs> and, and she expected everything, you know, extreme as well with all, with, with all of us. And so there was no, there was no like, Oh, you're hurt. Sorry. It was like, get back up and play like, and that's fine. That's what my dad was like. And so I understood that, but um, her mentality was just, it was like, you're not like, everything was mindset with her actually, which now doing what I do now, I'm like, this is amazing. Like this makes so much sense, but it's like, you tell me what, whatever you think in your mind is what it is. So she's like, you're not sick. I'm never sick because my mind tells me I'm not sick. You know what I mean? And you're like, I really feel like I can't breathe. Um, but it was, it was tough because obviously you're going to a new school. You're going to a place that you don't know anybody. You're I was 17. My parents still had to sign my papers um, when I went there. And, you know, it's a different environment. The South is different. Like the people there are different. The, the energy is different. The expectation, the girls, like the weights that we had to lift. I'm like, I was like a little, you know, I didn't have a lot of muscle. And when I went to that first year, I'm like, gosh, I think I gained seriously like 30 pounds of like muscle. Like we just lifted all of the time. Um, so, but there's like, we had such a strict regimen. Like we woke up at five 30, we had weights, we had, um, to go eat breakfast. We had classes, we had to be done with our classes by 12 so that we could go and have our lunch and then go to practice. And then we'd have practice. We'd have film, whatever. Um, we'd have study hall. So we had to go to 10 hours of study hall a week. And that was even if we were traveling. So if we were traveling, we left on Thursdays, we had to get 10 hours in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, it was like, and at first I was like whoa like this is a lot but I would never change it for the world now like I have learned so many lessons from just just not even soccer but just everything else that was and um so I'm glad my parents were super supportive too and don't you think that that's where a lot of kids going into college really don't really understand what they're getting into because it's more, I don't want to say it's a job, but it is, um, it's pretty regimented in, in how they do things. And it's, it's, um, it's life-changing. And don't you think that more kids need to understand that going into college sports? Well, absolutely. Especially if they're paying for your sport. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you owe it to them to, to be the best that you can be. And that means that you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Like, I don't want to wake up at 530. I don't want to have to go to bed and not be able to go out with my friends, but, but yes, like, I think that it's important for the, and that's why I think a lot of kids like trickle out the first year. Like they're like, I can't do this. This is, this is a lot. 
And if you don't have that, like, if you don't have that drive or, you know, your parents didn't prepare you or, um, I just don't think that you, I don't think that a lot of kids understand it and they just, they they don't want to do that. They went to college to have fun. Like it's, it is a job. Like it technically is like a job. I mean, you're getting, you're not getting paid, but you're not having to pay. So, you know, you owe it to them to, to do everything possible to, to, you know, so to just look good for their school. And so, um, yeah, I think that it should be definitely, you know, my kids will understand what it takes to get, they want to go play professional sports, you know, that's just who they are. And they know, like I tell them every single day, like, this is what you have to do. Like, you don't get to just like wake up and do this and do that. And la la la. Like it's, you know, it's a routine and you get into it and you'll love you. You'll, you'll fall in love with it eventually. And how do you think that's translated now into your life? Oh man. So with, with four kids, (laughs) it's, um, it's a lot. I mean, we are constantly on the go. And so knowing that like, I need to wake up, I have to prepare, I have to like prepare all of these things. It's like, you just do it because that's just what you do. And you want your kids to be able to see, you know, it just being a natural thing, not like, Oh, I have to do this. And I have to do that. It's like, no, like this is, we get to enjoy it. We get to be better today. Like everything today leads us to tomorrow that can lead you in two years, you know? And so, um, I just, I feel like, especially with having introducing Arbonne in my life, like I've had to really like become super strict with my time. Like I don't have just an hours on all day to just go do what I want, especially with my little girl. She's like a whole, whole new thing. <laughs> like what happens? Like these boys are easy compared to her. Um, and so I know that like, I only have certain times, like there's a book called the miracle morning. And like, it's a really good book to just, to just dive into to realize like, this is what I need to do first thing in the morning before I even, my kids even get out of bed so that I can be prepared for the day. So. And let's go, let's go into your business. Now you, you mentioned your business. Why don't you mention it again and kind of tell us what you're doing with that business and how that fits in with your daily routine with four kids and so forth, because I'm sure there's a lot of mothers out there that are kind of in the same situations who are kind of spinning the wheel sometimes and frustrated sometimes. So how do you get through that, those times with your business and what you're doing? So I do Arbon. It is a um, health and wellness company and it's a network marketing company. Um, I had so many hesitations, obviously time, like, where am I going to find my time? What am I going to do? Um, you know, with the nights that my, that I have to go do certain things because you, we fit this in addition to a lot of people's other jobs. And so thankfully I stay home. I was able to, um, be at home with my kiddos, but I also wanted to still be present with them because when you add another thing in your, in your life, like you're, you're creating less time. And so, um, but the best part about Arbon is that, yes, it's like, we have all of the things and they're amazing. And our ingredient policy is like top notch. Um, but I love every aspect of Arbon because it's a community again. Like, I feel like I'm part of a team. Like all of these women are just like, they have a drive and they're, they, and they just, they want to be better for themselves and for their kiddos. And we do a lot of self-growth, a lot of like personal reading, like a lot of reading. I never read before. I don't really love reading. I love reading now. Um, so that has like been a huge thing for me to be able to implement my kiddos' lives. Like a, a lot of men, like mentality books and 80% of 
of who we are is our mindset. And 20% is skill. And so my oldest super, um, he's a perfectionist. And so a lot of the times he doesn't want to try. He doesn't want to do things because he doesn't want to fail. That will get you nowhere in life. Yeah. And so um, I have literally been reading a lot of these books and I've been able to implement that type of strategies because I didn't, I don't, I don't remember having such mental, um, like just when I was younger, I didn't, I was, just, I just did things because I didn't have that like fear of failing. I just did it yeah. anyways. And, and so I don't know that I'd be able to relate as well with him, but now reading these things, I'm like, gosh, like that is hard. That's tough for people that don't want to, that, that are afraid to just, you know, fail. They'd rather quit. And I'm like, that doesn't work in my life. <laughs> like we can't do that. So, um, that's been seriously such a blessing because I was reading a book one time and I was like, what do you, he was, he was struggling hitting and and I'm like, what do you tell yourself when you go hit? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, you don't say anything to yourself. Like you just sit there and you're like, I hope I get a hit. I don't know. Maybe I won't, whatever. And I'm like, we got to focus on something. And so I was like, why don't you tell yourself or what do you think you should say? And he was like, I think I should say like, I, I can, I hit it and I can do it. Or what did he say? I, I can do it. I don't know. Something like I can do it and I do it. And so that next game, he literally went three for three. And I'm like, not like he was, a, he felt like I was like a magical unicorn. But I'm like, and it doesn't always work like that, but it, it, it was such a simple example. I'm like, you need to tell yourself what you think and who you are, and what you believe. And we do a lot of affirmations and um, my kiddos on the way to school, they're like, Hey, can I do my effort? Like, I'm ready. And I'm like, for what? And they're like, I am strong. I am brave. I am confident. Like, and what we tell ourselves, like that is who we are. Yeah. And I, and I have just like over the past year and a half, just like become super engulfed with all of that goodness because I mean what else do we have besides our mindset and especially with COVID like it's been tough it's been real hard with a lot of people and you know just the mindset that we get in especially not being able to get out and about and you know we're social creatures and when we don't have that opportunity around people like we kind of just get stuck in our own minds and so escaping through reading books and growing our minds is just huge and so I, yeah I well, and that's so huge. I mean, the, the name of this podcast is People Progressing, and, the, and you just blew it out of the park. That's what that's exactly what I'm trying to help people do. Um, <laughs> I got, it's so awesome. Um, and when you're talking about those little statements, I've heard that we as human beings have like between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day, and like 80 to 90% of those are negative. So having those key statements that you can beat off those negative statements with are, is, is a huge thing. And what you're teaching your kids to do that at such an early age, it's so, it's so huge because most of those negative statements that we're feeling or thinking aren't real. They're not true. They don't mean anything, but they keep pounding us and pounding us and pounding us from outside sources and so forth. So what you're telling your kids and teaching your kids that's to say those statements and, and think those ways is, is teaching them the right way. That's, that's so powerful, really powerful. Um, let's go back. Um, let's, let's talk about the adversity that's happened in your life. Um, you, you have a brother, Ricky, who's a great athlete, a great kid. Um, I loved him to death. And tragically, he passed. Um, why don't you take us through that and how you got through that and, and so forth? Um, I'll, I'll still remember seeing your mom and dad at church and just, you know, I, I didn't even know what to say. I felt so bad. And um, how did you guys manage that and what happened? Um, so he was 20, how old was he? 25. I was 23. 
um, he actually had gone out to Texas for the weekend and we, um, my mom got a phone call that, you know, the, they were going to get heart, like they were going to her office and I'm like, Oh Jesus, this isn't good. My dad's like, have you talked to your brother? And I'm like, no. And so, um, that like, like that phone call literally like crushed my world. I like, I, I feel like my brother and I were getting to that point where we could be like really good friends. And, you know, cause when you're growing up, you're always super competitive and just tough on each other. And I didn't always feel like I was the best sister. He was always an amazing brother, honestly. Like he just, he had just like this gift of love. Like he just always wanted to just be like the biggest supporter and anything that I ever needed, he was there. And I felt like I just wish that I could have been more for him, but that's besides the point. And, um, he, he had a athletic heart. And so, um, I guess that's when you're the, like, I don't know, he eventually, his heart just stopped working. And so, um, we had to wait for his, him to come back, which was like the longest process ever. And, you know, it was tough. It was hard. My parents, to this day, I don't think my parents are the same people they were. I don't think you'll ever be losing a, losing a child is, you know, not something that you should have ever have to do. And so, um, and having my own kids now, I'm like, I can't even fathom that. Like, yes, he was my brother, but like my parents, like I just, they are the strongest people that I know. Like, I don't know how they were able to go on. And I, I don't know how they grew their relation. Like they're, my dad's faith grew a lot. Like that is something that um, I think that you, you have adversity like that. Like you grow close, you either, you either fall off or you grow closer mm-hmm. to God. And I think that he, he realized that that's what he needed to do. And um, so that's what he did. And my parents are closer than ever and they are just so supportive. And, you know, I think that they live a lot through my kiddos now and Davin, my second little boy, he's a lot like my brother. He's, he looks like my brother. He acts like my brother. Um, and so I, he's like reincarnated, I swear. And it's just so fun for them. Like my dad just has that natural, like drawn to him just cause he's, he's so much like him. And, um, so, but, but the adversity with that, I think that a lot of us just like grief is interesting. Like you don't, there's no right or wrong way to do it. And I think for myself, I kind of like buried it and I, um, I got married and then I had a lot of kids. And so I didn't really ever process it. And honestly, I was just talking about this yesterday, like through Arbon is when I discovered that like, I was kind of just a negative person. Like I wasn't, it wasn't like I was like a horrible human. I just didn't have any zest for life anymore. Like, I just feel like I would just wake up and like, la la la, go through the motions. And when I started with Arbon again, I'm like, all right, like, this is what life is. Like we need to wake up and we have to be, be thankful for every single day because that's what he would want us to be. And so, um, I, I do a lot of my, like a lot of the things, like we talk about my brother all of the time. Like my kiddos know who he is, who he was, like who he would be now. I think that's really hard too, is that just like imagining the life that we could have had, imagining like how amazing of a great uncle he would be and a dad and a husband, you know, like such great qualities. And, um, I think that yes, time heals, but it also makes it harder because you just have such unknowns. And so, um, but my parents, I mean, they, they, they do it. And I don't, I, they, they were strong. They've always been strong and they, 
you know, it, they have their days that you can tell that it's tougher, but, um, you know, you, you just put one foot in front of the other. And I think that that's all you can do. And, and, and the faith is huge. Um, you know, we lost a little a girl too. our two oldest are surviving triplets. And we lost a little girl in that process. And my faith of knowing that I'm going to be with her someday is what keeps me going. And, and the other thing about Ricky is this is his legacy is always here. It will never go away. And you, you said it about what kind of a brother he was and how supportive he was and how loving he was. And, and he was, and he was a, he was a great young man and that legacy is now living through your kids and so forth because of what he gave you. And, and that's, that's the greatest thing you can ever do. And that legacy, no one can ever take that away and no one can ever take away what he gave all of us in terms of what you said he was in, in terms of being a loving brother and, and somebody who was supportive and all that. And that's the, that's the great thing about great people. And the great people leave legacies and that's what he's done and continues to do to this day. You talk about it with your kids and so forth and your kids knowing that and so forth is so powerful for them too. So I think that's, I think it's a beautiful way of describing it and how you described it and how you guys have gotten through it. So what, what's a typical day for you now with four kids and running a business and having a husband and, and all those kind of things, because you know, I've known you for a long, long time, and you've always been really laser focused on things and really kind of serious about things and everything else. And, and I see you um, doing your advertisements on, on social media and so forth. And what, what's a typical day like? I mean, from getting up to going to bed, how busy and crazy is it for you? Oh, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. We, I wake up, I try to wake up early. Um, but I've been staying up really late because it's, it's either early morning or really late because mm -hmm. I have to fit in my Arbonne time somewhere. Right. So right. I, um, and like, that's a non-negotiable, like every day I do Arbonne, like that's, you know, that's how you grow your business. You have to right. give you, you, it is a side thing, but it's also, you have, if you want more out of it, you're going to have to put more into it, obviously with anything in life. And so, um, when I wake up my, I have, um, an, a nine and seven-year-old Devin and they go to where we live in Castle Rock so they go to school in Castle Rock um thankfully my husband works from home now from COVID okay. and all of that so he can take them to school it's they literally can walk to school um and then I take my five-year-old Devin or Hudson and then Tenny my little girl um she actually just started two days preschool. So she goes on Tuesday, Thursday, but then Hudson goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we go to Highlands Ranch. And so I take him to a little preschool in Highlands Ranch, um, St. Luke's. It's like amazing. Mm -hmm. I love it. And all of my kiddos have gone there. And so I just like creature of habit. I just take them yeah. all there, even though it's out of the way. And, um, we take them for, or we do, um, sorry, this guy was, that's why he was talking to me. Um, so I take him and then at nine. So they all start at nine. <laughs> and then, um, Tandy and I just hang out in the mornings. We typically will go either like have a play date or with COVID we would, you know, just survive the mornings. Cause she's literally like a circuit, like she's a one person circus. She does anything <laughs> and everything and climbs on like all of the things. Um, and then I'll do some Arbonne stuff here and there in the morning. Sometimes like if I go like a coffee date or something, but, um, and then I go pick up Hudson at one and then um, in the afternoon, we, you know, 
do certain like color, do that stuff. We actually just got a batting cage in our basement. <laughs> so, and a um, pitching machine. And so that's all my five-year-old is like obsessed with baseball. And so he, um, that's all he wants to do. He's like, can we go hit, can we go hit? So we go down there a lot now, which is awesome. I mean, what else do you do? Yeah. And so, um, we, especially if it's cold out, I'm like, I hate being cold. I don't know why, but like lately I've just hating cold. And so we just go down there and, um, and then the boys get home at four. Typically they have sports. So like literally they get walk in the door, get grab a snack and then we're off to some sort of sport and they're both they're they both are playing so um we're split up my husband and I split and he takes them one place I go the other place we have dinner like crock pot stuff a lot or um try to pre like pre-shred chicken whatever and then um you know get home brush our teeth and go to bed and then my husband and I will hang out for a little bit and then I'll do some more Arbon. so or there's a lot of nights I have calls and stuff too so we you know, my, my parents are super helpful as well, because I don't know how to do without them. So. And you found some time to do, you t- you mentioned your reading too on there to progress yourself a little bit. When do you, you find time at early in the morning, late at night? I mean, is that kind of hard to fit that into? Yeah, it is hard, but I also like, that's non-negotiable. So I read every night, um, probably at like 11, 12. <laughs> so it's I don't a not- go to bed until like one. Right. And it's a non-negotiable that you're progressing yourself on a daily basis, that you're growing and learning on a daily basis. That's a non-negotiable. And it's a non-negotiable. You've already said that it's a non-negotiable with your kids, right? Because that's what they're doing on a daily basis as well. And I commend you on all that. It's, it's amazing um, to watch your journey, um, you know, from a superstar soccer player to superstar mom, to superstar wife, superstar business person and superstar daughter. And I know your parents and they're, they're just beautiful people and awesome people. And I know how much, how proud they are of you and what you're doing and, and so forth. So I, I just want to thank you for coming on. I know you're busy. Um, you just kind of described that and stuff, but if you had one thing, I'll ask you two, two, three more questions. What's your purpose in life? Oh man, my purpose is to make some, every single person I come in contact with, um, make their life more beautiful somehow, some way, make them better. Um, not better, but just make them happier or more beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) And what's your perspective on life? I know with, with what happened, the tragic events with Ricky and so forth, probably give you a different perspective on life now. I would literally like live living each day to its fullest. Like it could be your last, like, honestly, you just never know. And so I don't ever want to take a day for granted. I, I want my kids to know that they're extremely loved and that they can do anything that they set their mind to. And, um, you know, we, we, we only get today. So enjoy it. And, and last one, what's your passion? Oh, my passion is, is just help is serving, serving other people, making them obviously better. And I keep saying it, making them better. They're already beautiful people, but you know, enhance it and make their day better, make their day better. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's exactly what, it, um, this is all about and that's you're you're winning at all three of those you're winning all three of those and i always say when, when you're, you're when your purpose is greater than yourself then you have a, a, a better peace of mind and everything you just mentioned with your per, per, purpose perspective and passion all dealt with helping others and serving others and that's why you're happy that's why you, you know I, when i see you on f- social media and stuff you got these big smiles on your face and and um 
you know, it's just awesome to watch what you're doing and how you're, you're making the world a better place to be. And I appreciate that. I really do. Cause I think it's kind of promote, it's kind of a weird, weird world to live in right now. And your kids are coming up in, in, in that world and you're making it better for them as well. So thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on. And this has been great reconnecting with you and so forth. And, um, I hope uh, I hope you have a great day today and every day like you always do and, and keep making everyone else's day better because you do. Thank you so much. It's yeah, amazing. Have a, have a great day. You too. Thank we'll you. Yeah, I just want to thank you for listening to the People Progressing podcast. Once again, you can get on my website, coachjoewhiteconsulting.com and get a copy of my book. Uh, uh, have me speak, come speak to your groups or work with your businesses or, or teams or anything like that. I would love to do that. Again, you can get a hold of me through my website, Coach White or CoachJoeWhiteConsulting.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day.